amazing Mary. So, Lord, we just thank you for Mary. She always brings us something inspiring. You always speak clearly through her, Lord. So I just pray that this morning that we will hear your words. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, all you wonderful, lovely, beautiful, holy people. (laughs) Way off track has nothing to do with my message. But when, when, when I found out that I was going to move to St. Louis to work for Joyce Meyer Ministries, I called my girlfriend the day that my moving truck was coming to load up my furniture. And I called her, and I was crying. I said, I can't go do that. She says, why not? I said, I can't go work with all those holy women. <laughs> and she said, what did you tell the Lord? I said, well, I told him that if, if they accepted me, I'd go. And she says, well, then what are you squawking about? <laughs> So praise the Lord. I'm, I'm just so excited this morning. Julie was praying, let the wildness come. <clears throat> That's kind of a dangerous prayer, especially with me, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, this morning I want to talk to you about um, something that I read. I was reading this week and I thought, what, what, Lord, what? What do you want to talk? What? What do you want to say? What do you want to say, Lord? And I started reading in John, the gospel again. And the f- first thing that caught my eye was from John one thirty six and going forward. And looking upon Jesus as he walked. Now this is John the Baptist. As John the Baptist was looking upon Jesus as he walked, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. And there were two disciples that heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned around and saw them following and he says unto them, What seek ye? Now that's written in the King James Version. And it's written this way in several other translations. What are you looking for? What are you after? What is it that you want? He already knew, of course, what they wanted, but he always wants us to know what we want, what we really, really want. So today we're going to look at that question in several different formats. You know, sometimes when we start learning a new language... It's easy to get the emphasis on the wrong syllable. (laughs) Like the description I heard the other day in a voiceover of a video that says therapist instead of therapist. So I thought, now isn't that weird? So today I want to look at this emphasis on each of the words in that question. What do you want? First, what do you want? What is it that you want from the Lord? What is it that you're seeking from the Lord? When it comes to prayer, we're like kids in a sweet shop. There's so very many delights to choose from. And as if if that child is like we have been sometimes with very little resources, there's a deep longing for all kinds of stuff. Some that we may feel like that are way out of our reach. Oh, I could never be like those holy women at that ministry. But let's look at each of the, some scriptures for a moment. In Isaiah 65, 24, God says, Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. In Jeremiah 29, it says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. In Jeremiah 33, Call unto me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. 
In John 15, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be done unto you. And then Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. So let's break down some of these things. Are you looking for benefits from God? How about Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives your iniquities. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He's made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger. He's plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide or scold us, and he won't keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. All of those are beautiful benefits. Praise God. For as heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. Now, I want to give you, <laughs> I want to show you something, okay? I don't know if I can do this without falling down. As far as the east is from the west. Now, when, when sin comes in, it's from the east to the west. From the east to the west. From the east to the west. Sin and God. How far apart are they? They never get close together. That's how far God has removed our iniquities from us. He will never bring them back to our faces. Once we give them to him, he will never bring them back up again. Like a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we're just dust. As for man, his days are like grass, like a, like a dandelion, a flower in the field. So he flourishes, and then the wind passes over it, and it's gone. And the place doesn't even know it anymore. I'm, I'm Mary Porter paraphrasing a lot here, so <laughs> I hope you understand it. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. How, how long is everlasting? How, how, from there to there. From everlasting to everlasting. Wow. And his righteousness to his children's children. To such as keep his covenants. And to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens. And his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord ye angels. That excel in strength. That do his commandments. Hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord all ye hosts. You ministers of his that do his pleasure. Who's, who's a minister? Who's a, come on, I want to see hands. Who's a minister? Hands up, hands up. Everybody's a minister. All right, praise God. Bless the Lord, you ministers, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Those are the benefits that we get from God. So let's praise God for all those benefits. This, if we want benefits, we've got benefits. We don't even have to go to the government to get them. We can go straight to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay, are you looking for anointing? See Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to 
Preach good tidings to the meek. What's good tidings? Good news. That's the gospel. What's the gospel? Jesus loves us. What's the gospel? Jesus forgives us. What's the gospel? Jesus shed his blood over us. Everything that we've been singing about this morning, that's the good news. Good tidings to the meek. He sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who were bound. What kind of prisons are we bound up in? What kind of prisons? Mental prisons, yes. We have heart prisons. We have spirit prisons. We have financial prisons. We have all kinds of prisons. And Jesus comes, the anointing comes to proclaim the opening of the the prison doors to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What's the acceptable year of the Lord? How about today? How about today? Is today an acceptable day? Yes? All right. Praise the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What did we just sing a little while ago? Death has no hold over us. Death has no sting for us. We have nothing to fear from death. Neither our death nor the death of our loved ones. That sting has already been taken care of. We have the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called. So that. Remember this from, from the journey. So that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. So that he may be glorified. Amen. That's another gift that we can get from the Lord. Are you looking for peace? See Philippians 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's where we get our peace. Then there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit found in Corinthians. There's gifts for the edifying of the church and for edifying each other. There's fruit of the spirit that's on offer that will bless yourself and your loved ones. And there are many tangible gifts as well. How about housing? Whenever I've had to move, I've always gone to the scripture in John 14 where where Jesus says, "Let let your hearts not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. That's not just heaven. Yes, that is the main thing. But that can also be applied to here on earth. When, when we seek the face of God for our residence, he will go before us and he will make a place where he will be comfortable And then he will draw us to that place. One of the places that I moved to went to sign the lease. And before I even signed the lease, my name was already on the mailbox. And the Lord said, didn't I tell you I would prepare a place for you? I was so gobsmacked by that. It was just absolutely fantastic. And that's not only physical housing. For our own homes. That's also for us as a church. He is preparing a place for us. That we can inhabit. To praise him. To worship him. To teach about him. To learn about him. To love on him. So don't give up the ghost on that one. (laughs) How about tax money? 
Anybody owe any taxes? Anyway. <laughs> and Jesus said to Peter when they come into the house, what do, you, what do you think, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Now, do you know what that means? That means that a ruling authority takes tribute, or they used to call it in, in the Middle Eastern, they called it bakshish, where they took tribute money, where they took bribe money in order to make them make the services of the government available to those people. They weren't citizens of that country, but they were inhabitants of that country. So they needed this bakshish, this bribe, this tribute, in order for the government to work with them. Jesus said, who, who gets that? The children, the people who belong to that country, or strangers? And Peter says, well, strangers. And Jesus said, well, then the children are free. Nevertheless, lest we should offend them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that first comes up. And when you've opened its mouth, you'll find a, pe- a piece of money. Take that and give that to them for me, Jesus said, and for you. Jesus was also putting himself in the place of being under authority of the government that was prevalent at that time, even though he was king and authority over it. He was still living a righteous life in the face of that. So we can ask for the same thing. Lord, I've got tax bill. (laughs) I need a fish. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Those are some of the what's. And, of course, there are many, many more. What are some of the things that are on your shopping list? What do you want from the Lord? Next question. What do you want? Luke 9 says this. And another person said to to the Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, do you all know what that means? Do you know know what um, plowing is? Have you seen the big tractors? I mean, the huge, big, humongous things that cost like three or four, five hundred thousand pounds. Pulling these multi-rows of really sharp plowshares to grind up acre after acre after acre. Well, they didn't have that kind of stuff then. They didn't even have oxen or mules to pull a single row. Most of them only had a hand plow. And when you're hand plowing, and you're digging along this way, and you keep looking back to make sure, to see where you've been, you miss the target. You're looking back there. You're missing the target, and your, your row gets all wonky. It gets all out of shape. It gets all bent out of place. It gets so that bad that you, when you start planting your seed in there, it's going to come up, but the weeds are going to come up right beside it, and it's going to be hard to tell the weed from the plant. So be careful. That's what this means. You're going to come up with some unusable stuff if you're not careful. Don't put your hand to the plow and act like you're going to go plow for the Lord and sow a crop for the Lord, but keep looking back. Don't do that because it's going to be useless if you do. In Galatians 5, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Do you want freedom? Do you really want freedom? 
Ephesians 6 says, Take ye unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. How many times is he going to say stand there? (laughs) Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith, that you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Stand, therefore. Once you've found out what it is that you want, you stand on it. You don't give it up. You don't lose it. You don't let the enemy steal it from you. You put on your helmet of salvation. God's got me. God's got me. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. You can't have me because Jesus is my righteousness. The word says so. That's my shield of faith. And then you use the word of God as your weapon. Okay? In Philippians chapter 4, it says, Therefore, my dearly beloved brethren, and longed for my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. In James 1, it says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In James 4, it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you want something from God, do you really want it? Then you have to stand on the promise that you have. You stand on it, you stand on it, you camp on it, you build your house on it, on that solid rock. Amen? All right. Next question. What do you want? Didn't, you didn't think you was going to get so many things out of one phrase, did you? <laughs> what do you want? In Mark chapter 10, uh, it begins at verse 36. And when they came to Jericho... He and his disciples saw a great number of people, and blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway, and he was begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He cried it out. He wasn't just mumbling in these, Lord, I just hope he just, I just hope he sees me. No, he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called to him. And they called to him and said, Be of good comfort. He's come up, rise up, he's calling you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What will thou that I should do to you? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now I want to show you something. When they called him to come and see Jesus, what did he do? He cast off his garment. He cast off the cloak that represented his blindness. He cast off the thing that brought him comfort and warmth in his illness. He laid that aside. He laid aside his blindness before he ever got to Jesus for his healing. 
He let go of that as he was going on the way. That's important to know. That's important to remember. When we're in a place where we've got something that's holding on to us and we need release from it, we release it, then we go to Jesus and he will heal it immediately. And that's exactly what happened. His faith was made whole and instantly he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Do you have a, a cloak that you have wrapped yourself in to, for protection that you need to cast off? So that you can get the healing or the deliverance or the blessing that you need from the Lord. Then cast that thing off and get up and go to Jesus and get it. In Mark 11, Jesus said to somebody, I don't remember who it was, have faith in God. For I tell you this, that whoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatever things soever that you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. How much more simple could it be? He's just, pl- he's just laying it right out plain for us. If you believe you got it, you got it. Duh. <laughs> How many of us go, but I don't know, I can't get it, I don't want to Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Talk about, well, never mind. In Matthew 15, Jesus went out and departed to the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same place and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he didn't answer a word. And his disciples came and and asked him, saying, send her away. She's crying after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he's making a differentiation there. And this is what I said a few weeks ago, that Jesus, before his death, was sent as a prophet to the house of Israel to teach them what God really said in the beginning. And she came up and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now that sounds kind of cruel. I mean, can you imagine Jesus really saying that? And she said, yeah, Lord, that's true. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She was placing herself under his authority. She wasn't disputing what he said. She wasn't arguing with him. She wasn't crying out, Lord, you don't understand. She said, yes, you are the master, and I may be the dog, but I can get the crumbs. I can get the little pieces. I can get the little things. And Jesus said, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. When she placed herself under his authority is when God acted. That's when Jesus did his healing power. I'm like, I'm old, okay? I'm no spring chicken. I've seen a lot of years. I've seen a lot of stuff. And I'm like the guy in Psalm 37. I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. 
God always comes through. God will always come through. He always has. He always will. God will come through. Amen? How many of you believe that? All right. Praise the Lord. Next question. What What do you want? <laughs> My dad used to answer the telephone. What? <laughs> All right, dad. It's just me. Oh, okay. What do you want? <laughs> so what do you want? What do you really, really want? Psalm 37 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. What is it that you want? What's in your heart? What's your desire? What do you want from the Lord? I love that verse because it says so much to me. When we give him our heart, he changes it from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. He can put his desires in that new heart, and then he can fulfill them according to his will. So whatever's in your heart that the Lord has placed there, that is his desire for you. Matthew 6.31 says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What will we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we going to be clothed with? For after all of these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take enough thought for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the, it says in the King James, is the evil thereof. And I say sufficient unto the day is the need thereof. Because that sometimes can have an evil grip on us. If we take the need of today to the Lord, he will fulfill it. In Philippians 4.16, or 4.6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In both Luke and Matthew, we see Jesus saying, ask and seek and knock. And keep on doing it. Don't stop. You keep on doing it. Amen? All right. Now I want to ask you all these same questions. What do you want? Be specific. Know what it is that you're going to go to God with. What do you want? Ask from a settled spirit. Ask from a place that knows that God is going to be the answer. What do you want? What's in your heart? Don't let somebody else dictate what you ask for. And then lastly, what do you want? Is this a burning desire in your heart? If it is, then ask and seek and knock. When you have your heart and mind and spirit settled that God is able and willing to answer your prayers and desires, then your faith will come up to the level that blesses God and he will answer. What do you want? Or do you want what God wants? He wants relationship. He wants your heart. He wants your worship. He wants your gratitude. He wants your willingness to go where he leads. He wants your surrender to his authority. He wants your recognition of his sovereignty. 
He wants your dedication to following after His holiness. He wants your mind being transformed by the Word. He wants your trust. He wants your obedience. He wants your steadfastness. He wants your searching after the truth of who He is and the truth of our need of Him. Remember Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So what do you want? Do you want the blessings, or do you want Jesus? Amen.